Tomorrow, hundreds of thousands of people will take to the streets of New York City to show their pride. The annual Gay Pride Parade starts at 52nd Street and 5th Avenue and makes its way down to Greenwich Village, where the gay rights movement began with the Stonewall Riots more than four decades ago. This year's Pride Week spotlights New York City as the most welcoming and inclusive place for the LGBT community, with the theme Liberty and Justice for All. Among those marching in tomorrow's parade will be openly gay New York City police officers and firefighters. Good morning. I'm George Boldarki, and this is Cityscape on 90.7 FM and WFUV.org. On this morning's show, coming out from behind the badge, stories of gay cops and their struggles on the job. But first, one of New York City's bravest talks about life as an openly gay firefighter. His decision to come out to his colleagues came after many years at the FDNY. Mike Vizicelli is now the president of an advocacy group for gay and lesbian firefighters and rescue workers. I've been a fireman for just over 17 years. It's a pretty long time. It's pretty long, but uh, hopefully I get a long time to go yet. So My brother's a firefighter. I have a couple of uncles who are firefighters, and I really uh, you know, got lucky, passed the test, got the job, and uh, I've enjoyed it ever since. What do you like about being a firefighter? You know, I worked in construction for a lot of years. I had a construction business, and that gets a little monotonous. Uh, firefighting is uh, it's exciting. It's really, you never know what's going to come next. What's the atmosphere like at a firehouse? I've never been in one, so you tell me. Well, it's a bunch of guys, uh, some women. What we do is uh, we uh, kind of live together. You know, we're part of the neighborhood. We're, part of the, we're a staple in the neighborhood. I mean, whenever somebody has trouble, they come to the firehouse. Uh, the guys are always there. We're always open. And what goes on in the firehouse is uh, the guys cook together. We clean together. We drill together. We train. We fight fires. We go out the door. It's always a group. Sounds like a family. It's a second family. Yes, it is. How many people in your firehouse? There's two companies in my firehouse. There's an engine. There's a ladder. Uh, there's about 25 members in each company. So, But on duty... There's usually 11 guys. There's six truck guys and five engine men. Sounds like, too, you're pretty tight-knit. You're linked, you guys. Well, we work pretty close together. We're really, uh, it's, a, it's a good group. Now, you are an openly gay man. Uh, yeah, a few years ago, uh, I came uh, so-called out of the closet uh, in the firehouse. I told the guys. I actually told them on St. Patrick's Day. It was quite a shock to some of them, but uh, it was a good experience for me. I really, uh, you know, living in the closet was kind of, was getting tougher and tougher. So you're in the department for 17 years. You came out a few years ago. What's a few years ago? I guess about five years ago. So 12 years in the closet in the fire department. Yes. Yes, and uh, it's, it's a funny thing in the fire department. I've been there, you know, I'm, I'm not a senior guy, but I'm up at the top shelf now. There's gay guys in the fire department that are not out. And there's more of them than, than there are of me being an out firefighter. What took you so long to come out at the fire department? Well, it's a long road. Uh, being, being a gay person, it takes a while to accept that fact yourself. So 17 years in the fire department, you came out a few years ago. 12 years, though, you were in the closet. What was that like for you? Well, it's a little interesting. Uh, there is a, somewhat of a, a, a homophobic culture in the firehouse. Most of the guys... Uh, I'm going to say all of the guys. When I came out of the closet in the firehouse, guys were more apologetic for anything they may have said in the past. And there's a lot of firefighters in firehouses that are not out, and guys have no idea. And so, uh, but I just think in general, uh, 
the guys are not, you know, they're, they're just not knowledged about different individuals. And so maybe a couple of gay jokes slip out here and there, and uh, I don't think they uh, really want to hurt anybody, but they just don't know. When I'm around, there's, there's no gay jokes. I mean, there's really not, nothing really uh, uh, damaging. Did they have a thousand questions for you, Mike? Well, it's, it's a learning experience for everybody. I mean, we worked together for a long time, so maybe, you know, I feel uh, to a sense maybe I deceived them to, to an extent, and, and I apologize for that, but, you know, it, it's a learning experience for everybody. You know, what really made me come out of the closet is because I have an adopted five-year-old son, Adrian. Uh, my partner and I adopted him back in uh, 2001. You can't hide that from your, from your son. You can't be a closeted gay firefighter and also have a, have a young son. So really, that's, that was part of my motivation. Was it hard, though, to have this other life, so to speak, and go to work and not be able to talk about it? Clearly, you had big plans. You have a partner. You are going to bring a kid into your house. Well, things just kind of fell into place for me. You know, that's my story, and uh, things, all the things clicked correctly for me, and I have a great partner. I have a great son. We have a wonderful life. It's uh, the firehouse, but you, you have to remember, it's a separate life. That's where I work. This is, you know, it's a good second family, but this is still a place of business, and we work here. Right, Mike, but I would think it would be hard to go to work and not be able to say, you know what, we're going to adopt a kid. You had that. You knew that at work, but you couldn't talk about your family life. Was that hard for you? Well, it's, at the time, you know, it's hard to think back right now because things are going so great. And uh, back then, yes, it was difficult. You know, my partner and I, we, uh, we also had a long-distance relationship. My partner works for the airlines. Uh, at the time, he lived in Miami, so there was a lot of back-and-forth flying. So really, things progressed naturally for us. So you say there are a lot of other firefighters out there who are gay, but they're not out of the closet. What do you say to them? You, you have to remember, there's firefighters in all stages of outness. Uh, some firefighters uh, in this job, you got to remember, there's 11,000 firefighters or so. Uh, there's quite a few gay firefighters, a lot that I know of, a lot that I don't know of. The group that I deal with on a regular basis, they're at different levels in their profession. Maybe they don't feel comfortable coming out. Maybe a guy has one or two years on a job, maybe three years, and he just is getting to learn the people at the job, and he doesn't really feel comfortable coming out to them. You know, for me, it was fairly easy. I had 12 years on the job. I knew everybody already. So for a new guy, it's a little bit tougher. I would imagine especially tough if you're hearing homophobic comments. You don't really know where people stand. It's a funny thing. Uh, guys in the firehouse, there's never really anything uh, really derogatory directly at, at any individual. You know, these are good guys. These are guys that work in, in a profession that is out there to help people. Okay, there is some slip-ups here and there, and usually I get an apology. But I do get a lot of feedback being the president of the organization. I get a lot of feedback from all my members how it is out there in firehouses with closeted firefighters. And how is it out there for them? Well, it's, it's everything from a, a homophobic-type situation all the way to uh, guys that are very supportive. It's really everything in between. Just being a, a new firefighter is hard enough in a firehouse, just learning your, your craft and your trade, and then to have this on top of it, and maybe they just don't want to come out because they don't want to have that extra problem. Does that make it hard for a firefighter to have a personal life because they're afraid to have a boyfriend or have a girlfriend? They don't want to go to the local bar just like anybody else can to hang out and have fun? There are some gay firefighters that were totally out in their previous life before the fire department. You know, They got into the fire department in, in their late 20s, so to speak. Uh, they were out when they got into the fire department. They usually tend to recloset themselves. 
And uh, I really don't understand how, how the job in general would, would make somebody want to do that. But it's, it's a tough job just to be a new guy. You're a new probie. It's tough enough just to learn the craft. You take a little ribbing here and there. You're the guy in the kitchen doing the pots. You're the guy mopping the floor. That's part of our training. That's the part of creating a, a good, disciplined firefighter. Guys generally don't want to add the gay thing on top. How much of a weight was lifted for you when you finally told people that you were gay at the firehouse? Well, it was, it was kind of a, a weight lifting, yes. Of course it was. The day I did it, I had a captive audience. Uh, I did it on St. Patty's Day morning, which is uh, almost all the New York City firefighters are in the firehouses on duty, off duty. They're getting ready for the parade, and I got them all in one shot and gave them the news. So I really, uh, nobody was going to hear it from anybody else. They were going to hear it from me. Uh, what does happen periodically on this job is guys are outed. If uh, you get a firefighter or somehow sees a firefighter or, or sees a magazine in his car or something, well, whatever, whatever the situation may be, all of a sudden a firefighter is being questioned. And uh, there's even some firefighters who are totally straight and they, they get labeled gay for whatever reason. It's just, you know, they, they, they become the, the, the butt of some of the gay jokes. I really don't know how to answer for that, but that's, that's a little bit of gay bashing. And so maybe if, if there's a closeted guy and he sees something like that going on, He's not going to come out. You get a new two-year guy, he sees that kind of thing going on. He's not going to come out. He's, it's gonna, it's, he's going to protect himself. I see a, I see a lot of uh, ribbing in the firehouse over anything. It could be, you know, the way, the way you cook a meal. It could be anything. It's part of the fabric of the firehouse. So it's really, uh, you know, each, everybody has their own little situation. I, you know, I, I'm, I can't be involved in all of them. But uh, my organization here is here to support them in any fashion. Let's talk about Fire Flag. How long has Fire Flag been around, and how long have you been president of this organization? Officially with the FDNY as a fraternal organization, about just about 12 years. I'm in my fifth year as president, and uh, things are just progressing in, in a good fashion. So this organization is sanctioned by the FDNY. They respect this organization. The administration in the fire department has been very supportive of uh, this organization. And if there's any problems within the fire department as far as a gay issue, they do contact us. They, uh, they take our advice. They get us involved. The fire department has, has been very good to us. So the firefighters that come to your meetings, that reach out to you, what generally are they hoping to get from this organization? This organization is a uh, it's, it's fun social organization. We do uh, administrative things as far as like uh, the Gay Pride Week. Uh, we do a few things within the city. We march in the parade. We attend a few of the city events. Uh, we do uh, various uh, functions. You know, we have, uh, we have our uh, ski trips, our uh, travel trips. You know, we always have something going on. Uh, and for gay firefighters uh, in the city, it's just a nice place to meet other people in the same situation and uh, just to enjoy each other's company. And uh, it's more of a social uh, scene. What is your advice, Mike, to a firefighter who has not yet come out of the closet but is thinking about it, not so sure whether he or she should do that? Just coming out in general is a very personal thing for any individual. Uh, to come out in the firehouse, you've got to look at the firehouse. See, every fire, we have uh, over, almost 300 fire companies in the city, and everyone has a little bit different temperament. You know, it may be very easy for some firehouses to come out in and maybe a little difficult in others. When a guy does come out, and I've seen it happen several times, uh, usually the, the members of his particular fire company are very supportive of them. I would imagine that you have to be. You guys have to have each other's back 
out there. You can't risk not doing that. If you tell someone you're gay, I can't imagine that you couldn't expect anything less from them to watch your back while you're battling a blaze. The firefighters here in New York City are very professional. And uh, there may be some uh, camaraderie, you know, some fun in the kitchen or on the job, but when it comes to work time, these are the most professional people in the world. Is it difficult to get firefighters to march in the parade? You mentioned that your group marches in the gay pride parade, but then you're out there. Everyone can see you marching. Is it hard to get people to do that? Well, we usually have a pretty good uh, line of march. We usually have uh, at least 50 members out there. Uh, the city is nice enough to give us a, a rig uh, for the parade, which always looks good. Uh, members do come down. We have quite a few members come down and march in uniform. Fireflake will not out anybody. If they don't feel comfortable marching in the parade, that's fine. If they don't feel comfortable coming to a meeting or whatever, we, we, we will work with them no matter where they are. No question, Mike, firefighters each and every day. You put your life on the line out there, protecting other people. Unfortunate things happen. Where do firefighters stand as far as making sure their loved ones are protected? Your partner is protected with benefits should, God forbid, something happen to you. Uh, there's two ways to die. You die line of duty or you die outside of line of duty. If, uh, God forbid, e either happens, uh, my partner and my son are protected to an extent. They would be a little more protected if we were a married couple. But uh, right now, as it stands, uh, there's some things that need to be changed. Anything, any benefit that I have that has an assigned beneficiary, basically you can assign it to anybody else. But any other benefits that you have... Uh, in the administrative code and some of the other things, it, it says spouse or it says married couple or there's just some wording in there that, that kind of defines it right into that corner and we're working on those things. We're trying to get things changed as we go. Dumbest question anyone has ever asked you about being gay? I'm not going to say the dumbest question, but one of, one of the like intriguing questions was like, what do you get your partner on Valentine's Day? What do you do? <laughs> Somebody mentioned that, what, what, what do you buy, like a tool, or what, what do you buy each other, a uh, drill? <laughs> I said, no, we, we buy each other flowers, and, you know, we take each other to dinner or something. It's not, you know, it's the same as a straight couple, but it's not, you know. It's where the education comes in, as simple as it is. As simple as it is, it's education. In, in society in general, I think the gay people still are not quite where they should be. It's, it's, a, it's a process. It's a long road. I mean, the guys that were in the fire department, I'm sure there were gay guys in the fire department 40, 50 years ago. It's just that it didn't have the, the not notoriety it does today. And it's really, you know, it's my job to, to continue on the, the march to make it better for the next guy. Mike, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Mike Vizicelli is president of Fire Flag, an advocacy group for gay and lesbian firefighters and rescue workers right here in New York City. You're tuned to Cityscape on 90.7 FM and WFUV.org. I'm George Bodarki. On this morning's show, we're exploring the struggles of gay and lesbian police officers and firefighters. Next, a gay cop who authored a book on the subject of being gay in law enforcement. His name is Greg Moralia, and his book is called Coming Out from Behind the Badge, stories of success and advice from police officers out on the job. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. Let me first say that you, Greg, are not an outsider to the issues we're about to talk about. You yourself are gay and you're in law enforcement, right? True on both counts. Now, you are currently running a police academy. You're in charge there? 
Yeah, I'm the dean of the the career technical programs at Napa Valley College, and one of those is the Criminal Justice Training Center, which is our police academy. When did you first get involved with law enforcement? Well, I started at a really young age, just as a freshman in high school, about 14 and a half. And I had the fortune of starting as a police explorer with a small department uh, in the Bay Area of California. Did you know you were gay at that time? Yeah, I had a pretty good sense about it. Uh, And I also knew that after my first hour in the police department that I couldn't be out. I mean, it wasn't even a consideration for me because the homophobia was very present just in the remarks and the attitudes that people had. So there was just no way that I could have even thought about coming out and be, you know, continue in law enforcement. What kinds of remarks? What would people say? Well, people would use, you know, the word fag and faggot, and, and they would talk about the gay bars in, uh, in town. There were two of them actually in Walnut Creek at the time, which I think in 1978 was still pretty unusual for that small suburb. Um, and there was, you know, just the typical put-downs and typical teasing that went on back and forth. At the time in California as well, uh, you could be fired. There was no employment protection for sexual orientation uh, or gender. And the Explorer program that I was uh, participating in was run by the Boy Scouts. And, of course, even today the Boy Scouts discriminates based on sexual orientation and religion. So what did you do? Did you make up lies about your private life? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, You know, I buried myself in the work there. Uh, So when junior prom came along and senior prom came along, you know, I made sure that I was busy at the police department and uh, didn't have to deal with that. And, uh, And I just made a very, very conscious decision to keep my life completely separate. When did you make the conscious decision to come out? Well, that wasn't until 2004. So I was 41 years old at the time and uh, had worked in law enforcement you know, for three different police departments and was pretty well established in my job at the college by then. Uh, and so I was sensing that the environment was changing. But, but personally, for me, it was more a question about not wanting to be alone anymore. Uh, you know, when you create these separate lives, you really can't allow anybody in your personal life to get that close to you. And so I was starting to think about the future and starting to think about, you know, did I really want to continue living this, you know, fictitious life and keeping things separate? And and, uh, I decided to take the plunge and come out. How scary was it? It was the most terrifying thing I've ever done. And I think it was even more terrifying because I actually came out to a student, which was probably the most, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, the most risky part about all of it. But Fortunately for me, it just felt like it was meant to happen, and that was the person I was meant to tell, and and everything worked out really well. I have never faced anything in law enforcement that was more challenging than coming out that day. So no one treated you differently after they found out you were gay? You know, I think I completely underestimated my friends and family. Um, I was expecting, of course, the worst, but at least to my face, I haven't had any negative experiences whatsoever. Everybody has been completely supportive. My family's been completely supportive, all my friends. Uh, and again, you know, I'm sure people talk behind my back. They always have. Uh, I think anytime you're in a leadership position, that happens. But I haven't heard anything directly. As you said, Greg, we are not in the 1970s anymore. But on a scale of 1 to 10, how welcoming of gays and lesbians would you say law enforcement is across the nation? Well, based upon the the officers I've talked to over the years that have been involved in the book and so forth, if society was at, say, a 7 out of 10, I would say law enforcement in most places in the country is at about a 4. I think we still have a long way to go. And as a profession, as a whole, I think we're about 20 years behind the rest of the, the civil rights movement in society. Are there still states where you can be fired? For simply being gay? Absolutely. There's a number of states that don't have any employment protection for 
uh, are based on sexual orientation and gender. And that's why the National Employment Non-Discrimination Act is so critical. But I talked with an officer in North Carolina. Uh, they have no employment protection, and he lasted less than six months on the job. What did he do? Did he sue? Well, there's no basis for a suit because it's, it is legal to discriminate based on sexual orientation in that state. Do you think it's harder for gay men or for gay women, police officers, to come out on the job? I think it's definitely difficult for gay men. Um, if, you, if you talk to men and you talk to women and you compare their experiences, and there have been a number of surveys that have been done as well, if you were to rank, let's say, lesbian women, straight women, and gay men, gay men would rank at the bottom of that pile in terms of their acceptance in the profession. Uh, gay men definitely struggle because it's still so much of a male-dominated field. Now, again, your book is called Coming Out from Behind the Badge. What prompted you to write this book? Well, actually, my partner, uh, Tony, inspired me to write the book. You know, he heard my story and so forth, and he said, you know, you really should, you should, really should write it down. And I got thinking about how many other people in law enforcement are hiding out there. And, and at the time, there were no books that talked about the success stories. All of the books I had read, uh, most of them published in the mid-90s, were very much tales of, of all of the tragedies, being fired and so forth and so on. And the reality of it is that you can be successful and be out on the job. And so I wanted to try to capture those stories with the hopes of helping other officers. And you certainly did. Most of the people in your book had nothing but positive experiences. And I think that's becoming more commonplace, and it's becoming more common because officers are coming out and educating their straight peers and showing them that it's not all about the stereotypes uh, and and the media-driven stereotypes um, that, in fact, these officers can be very successful on the job. Let me play devil's advocate here for a moment. Why come out? Why can't you just go to work, not say anything about your private life, do your job as a police officer, and go home? Because the job is very much connected uh, with your private life. I mean, uh, law enforcement is a very tight, close-knit community, and it starts on Monday morning with a very simple question from your coworkers, hey, what'd you do this weekend? And that usual exchange that takes place, you know, either in the locker room or in the briefing room before the shift starts. And if you think about it, you are so limited in what you can say. I think the other problem is that if you continue to lie, you're putting yourself perhaps at a greater risk of being fired than you would be for being gay. Because telling the truth and honesty is such an important part of this profession, you know, if you continue to lie about who you are, I don't think it's going to be too long before someone holds you accountable for that. And so it's a dangerous place to be for a cop, very much like the military, you know, in terms of this forced deceit. Is there bitterness among police officers who do have a hard time because here they are serving and protecting everyone, but yet they're not getting that equal treatment on the job? I think so. You know, I've talked to a couple of people who have really suffered uh, some significant discrimination in the workplace. And, you know, I'll just give you one example. An officer in Southern California was forced out, but he got this, you know, enormous or what appears to be an enormous settlement. And I asked him, is even one dollar of that settlement that you got worth it? And he said no, because in his heart and in his mind, he wanted to be a police officer. And there isn't an amount of money that you can pay someone to replace that. Do you think that it's better for a gay man or a lesbian to come out while in the academy, or should they wait until they're on the force? Well, I think it's very much an individual decision, and it really depends upon the environment uh, that they're in. I would say the safest route is to get hired, be on the job, get through the field training program, pass probation, and demonstrate for your peers that you can do the job. I think once you have that reputation established that you're a good, hardworking cop, which, let's face it, that's the most important thing here, 
you know, that would be the safest time then to come out. But I think as time goes on, we're seeing young people come out at a younger and younger age now. I think the average is 14 years old. As law enforcement continues to recruit, there are going to be more and more candidates interested in law enforcement who are already out. So the choice would then be to go back in the closet, and that's not good for anyone either. What advice would you give to a chief, a captain, a lieutenant, a sergeant for making their departments more accepting of LGBT officers? Well, I think the first thing is that they need to realize that it's not a matter of waiting until the officer they hire happens to be gay. It's about looking inside and realizing that you may have gay officers and lesbians working for you already. And so it's really a matter of looking at the workplace environment and paying attention to that environment and making sure it's a safe place for everybody so that a person who is hiding might have an opportunity to come out and to be successful in the job. Gays and lesbians working in law enforcement is not something new. They have been present and, and within the ranks of law enforcement throughout history. What we're seeing now is just a change in that people are deciding that they're not going to hide anymore. In fact, we're seeing organizations established to represent LGBT officers across the nation, aren't we? That's right. Well, in fact, right there in New York, where you are, is one of the longest standing organizations, the New York Gay Officers Action League. And there is an international organization that supports uh, these groups that are called Legal and Goal. There are many of them on the East Coast. They're beginning to pop up. Uh, sort of in the middle of the country, and then there's a couple even here on the West Coast. I know there's a website out there also to help LGBT officers, bluepride.org. Are you familiar with that? Absolutely. It's a wonderful website. It's a great way to network uh, with officers from out throughout the country. And then there's also a radio show that's produced uh, by Carol Hunter uh, called Blue Pride Radio, and it's, on, it's an Internet uh, radio station at uh, bluepride.org. Carol Hunter once worked for the Department of Corrections here in New York City, right? Yes, he did. And he's got a wonderful story. He's very enthusiastic, and he's still very much involved in helping to facilitate the international organization of the Gay Officers Action League. Overall, would you say it's harder for gay and lesbian police officers or gay and lesbian firefighters? I've got to imagine that the, the fire service is a much more difficult arena to deal with because of the cohabitation that takes place. I haven't talked with a good number of firefighters, uh, but the ones that I have talked to have, have expressed similar struggles. But the element of living with with other men in that type of a, of a situation has got to be more difficult than law enforcement. Let me just ask you then a question about sharing the locker room as a male police officer with another male police officer. Is right. there issue there when they know you're gay? I think for some there is. Uh, and it's, and it's really a, it's a bizarre fear to me because there's this presumption that if I'm gay, I'm going to be looking at every male there is in the locker room. And I mean, that's absurd. There's a, a professional standard of conduct that applies to everyone, whether you're gay or straight, whatever you happen to be. And so it's not appropriate whether you're straight or gay to engage in any type of, of oogling or staring or leering. Um, I think for most gay officers I've talked to, that whole locker room situation is probably more uncomfortable than it is for the straight guys. They don't want to be in there or be looked at or accused of, you know, of being inappropriate uh, any more than, say, the straight guys want to be looked at. On the scale of 1 to 10, how comfortable are you at work? How frequently do you tell people? Do you feel the need to share or you just let it happen when it happens? I don't fly a flag on my shirt. But I certainly don't hide it either. Um, I teach all the human relations classes in the police academy, which includes the workplace discrimination and cultural diversity classes uh, in the academy. 
Um, I think it's important that police academies present role models of all types based on age, gender, nationality, and so forth. And so, you know, I think it's an important part of who I am. I introduce myself to a class just like, you know, any other instructor would. I talk about my past. I talk about who I am married to. And in essence, that's when I come out to them. And I do that on the very first day. Do you ever find this correct to be a funny thing? Hi, I'm gay. Do people walk around and say, hi, I'm straight and I'm married to a woman? You know, here you are having to say I'm gay and, you know, my spouse is a man. Well, yeah, it is odd. Um, I don't quite phrase it that way, but I think we, we express our sexual orientation all the time. If I walk past your work desk and I see pictures of your family, then you're identifying in some way to me. Uh, perhaps that you're married, perhaps that you have children. And if I see, uh, let's say that you're straight and I look past, look at your desk and I see a picture of you and a woman of a different race, then you're also coming out to me as being involved in an interracial marriage. I mean, there's a variety of ways that we come out in different ways just routinely. Um, in my introduction, I simply say who I am, and I say that I am married uh, to a man named Tony. And so in that, that also expresses my sexual orientation, obviously. Greg Moralia, thank you so much for taking the time. George, thank you so much for having me on. It was a pleasure. Greg Moralia is the author of Coming Out from Behind the Badge. Gay members of the NYPD will be coming out to celebrate gay pride tomorrow. The Gay Officers Action League, or GOAL, is scheduled to march in the parade down Fifth Avenue. And that's it for this week's Cityscape. Remember, you can get past editions of Cityscape and to learn how to podcast the show at WFUV.org. We're also now on Facebook and Twitter, listed as WFUV's Cityscape. I'm George Boldarki. My thanks to senior producer Skylar Srivastava and producer Marlene Chin. Have a great weekend. Have a great weekend.